topic today is going to be on love. And kind of like the, uh, not to get too into my, too deep into my lesson at the beginning, but with Matt, the song that we just sung, it, it, the, I guess the reference verse, so you would say on top was John 13, verse 34, that you would, uh, Jesus saying that basically love one another as I have loved you. And, and, you know, really when we get to, when we get to this topic, we'll start to see kind of this recurring theme of, of this imitation of Christ and his love towards us. And then how do we, and how do we act on that love? And, what we're also see, I was reading, kind of, we think about what Christ did for us and his expressions of love for us and him being able, basically taking on the form of a servant and expressing that love and serving us, serving, uh, serving, serving everyone at that time and us uh, by giving himself up, by giving himself up so that we could have our sins forgiven. And I was reading something today. What was interesting, I was reading this morning, it was a Time Magazine article from 2016. And uh, you think, well, this is not your source to go for anything about love. But there was a guy that was basically talking about that the idea of love as a feeling or an emotion and love as an action or expressing love through action, or these things are wedded together. You can't have one... Uh, without the other, and we'll see a common theme of that uh, throughout this lesson. And kind of like what the, the the song that we just sung, "Angry Words." Well, if you and this guy was basically saying that if you if you're going to love somebody, you need to act lovingly towards those. And if you are actually truly love somebody, do you are you going to speak uh, vilely towards that person? Are you going to act vilely towards that person if you truly love those, truly love that person? And so. Uh, like I said, not to get too far in our lesson, but uh, we'll begin by just uh, some verses that talk about love. In 1 Peter 1, verse 22 and 23, it says, Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth to the Spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again out of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible through the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. And so he begins in verse 22, says, Since you have purified your soul in obeying the truth uh, through the Spirit and sincere love of the brethren, what do you do? You love one another fervently and with a pure heart. Peter's saying that this, that this truth or obeying this truth through the Spirit, that it should drive you to love one another, that it should drive you to love uh, your brethren. And you think about that, you're like, ah, well... Well, yeah, that makes sense, but you kind of, to me, this makes clear that in 1 John chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, this concept says that whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ, is born of God, and everyone who loves him who begot also, him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. That, that if we... Or that if we love God, that that He who loves Him who begot also loves Him who is begotten of Him. That if we love God, and we express that through obedience to Him, that that if we that if we love God, we're going to love His kingdom. Those that are also a part of His kingdom as well. That if we love God, that we're going to love His children as well. And we're going to love. Going back to First Peter, we're going to love them fervently, but also. Notice it says, love one another fervently with a pure heart. That, 
you know, many times people may just pay lip service to the fact that, oh, I, I love you. But we have to understand that this love is something that has, that has pure motives, pure intentions. It's not something that we just kind of pay lip service to, but we actually have other ungodly intentions. And this is also, this love is going to be according to truth as well. That we're going to love someone pure, but notice that it also has to be of the truth. We have to be, as uh, Paul writes, 1 Corinthians 13, that love rejoices in the truth. We're always going to be striving to, uh, if somebody has wronged us or somebody did us wrong, that we still love them, we still act like that, but we also have to, we also have to be truthful with them. And we have to understand that, uh, you know, those types of things have to be dealt with as, as well. But uh, going on in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 2, it says, And walk in love as Christ has also loved us and has given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet, a swelling, smelling aroma. And again, we can see that, that we are to walk in that love. How much has Christ has also has loved us and he, was, and he loved us enough to give himself for us? And so again, we are to be willing to uh, give of ourselves towards others, not just uh, have this warm, fuzzy feeling, but actually uh, put, a little, put a little action uh, into our words. He says, and walk in love. That, that gives idea there's going to be some work on our part in doing those things, serving one another, but it's also a growth aspect. We're going to be continually growing in those things. I don't think that we can, that we, we will if somebody reaches that standard that says, I love everyone as much as Christ has loved y'all, I would, you know, I don't, I don't think you are going to meet that standard. But we are to strive towards that standard, continue to grow in that, and, and to love one another, and to serve uh, one another. Also in Galatians chapter 5, verse 13 and 14, it says, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty, only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this you shall not lo- you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And so Paul writing in this chapter, he makes this contrast between uh, living according to the flesh, living in the lust of the flesh, and walking in the spirit. And in, in verse 13, he says, uh, you, you, those that have been free from sin, those that uh, walk in the spirit, you have been called to liberty, you are free from your sins, but he says, don't use that liberty for opportunity for the flesh. You've been free from sin, so don't keep on sinning. Don't keep living for the flesh, but what are you to do now? You th- but you're to serve one another through that love again. That service is a, that, that love is a driving force for uh, that service, that we love one another, but then we express that love through serving uh, one another as well. And you can kind of you kind of contrast that with 1 Corinthians chapter uh, chapter 3 and verse 3. Paul is writing to the Corinthians who are at this point, they're still carnal. We read constantly of all their problems. And it says, For you are still carnal, for whether envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal, behaving like men? So you kind of contrast this one of, of being called to liberty, walking in the Spirit, of loving and serving one another. And then you see these, uh, these Corinthians who are still carnal, there's envy, strife, and divisions amongst them. We read in James to talk about that worldly wisdom that is self-seeking, and then the the spirit that 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 the uh, spirit that uh, godly wisdom couldn't think of the word that godly wisdom that is it is going to be yielding that it's love loving towards uh, those brethren, and we kind of contrast those two and see which one of us are we are we are we 
constantly envious of one another. We have strive towards one another. We just, we just can't stand to be around uh, someone. Are we carnal? Are we truly walking in the Spirit? Are we, are we through, through love truly serving one another? And also in 2 John, chapter, uh, 2 John verse 5, it says, And now I plead with you, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment to you, but that which we have heard from the beginning, that we love another. So again, uh, this idea of, uh, of love is not something that we can necessarily hold or touch. It's not some material thing that we can, that we can grasp a hold of. But we are commanded to, to love one another, that we are commanded to acquire this and to show this as well. And also, again, we kind of pointed out at the beginning of the lesson that love, that when we express, that we, uh, that we express love through actions, through our deeds, and it, it actually drives us towards action as well. In 1 John chapter 3, verses 16 through 19, it says, By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But who, whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need, and shuts up his heart from him. How does the love of God abide in him? Uh, little children, let us not love in word or tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth, and shall assure our hearts before him. So again, it's in verse 16, we are to simply imitate Christ. It says, by this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren as well. So again, when I'm, kind of go back to Ephesians 4 and verse 28, when I'm working, when I'm building these things up, that I should be using those things to serve my brethren, that I should be working to give of those who have need. And also in verse 17, that if, if I have those things, I can, I can, I can fulfill a need uh, by myself. If I see my brother in need, I should be willing to... I should be willing to give of myself so that I can fulfill that need. But if I don't, if I shut up my heart from him, how does the love of God abide in me? How can I truly, how can I sit there, well, the love of God does not abide in me. I can't say that I love God by doing those things. I can't say that I'm fulfilling God's commands by, by not doing those things. In verse 18, he says, Let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Let's not pay lip service to this to this, that's not just saying I, I love you, but also, but actually express that to, through our deeds. It's kind of like what Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, verse 46. Why, do you call, why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? You say that I'm Lord, you say that I have authority over your life, well then you should act like that. And it's the same thing here. You say that you love me, or you say that you love the brethren, well, you need to act like that as well. You need to be able to express those things indeed. And again, that, you know, that, you know, that helps us as in verse 19. Says, and by this, we know that we are of the truth and shall, shall assure our hearts before him that we, this, is a, this is a big deal that we cannot, we cannot take these things lightly. We should be able to uh, express our love towards our brethren. And it helps us uh, to know that we are of that truth if we are continue growing in this aspect. And, you know, it's interesting, uh, kind of talked, going back to last week, we kind of, kind of had this talk about uh, but kind of a little bit about benevolence, you know, about uh, helping those who are, who are in need and whose real job is that to be. And, you know, in our world today, it can be easy for us to grow cold towards other people. 
uh, towards God. We see a lot of people taking advantage of situations in which they say that they are in need and they may not actually be. We have people panhandling out in the streets when they, they're not in need, that they have plenty of money to do that for, to just to acquire more uh, wealth. But, you know, we see that, but again, that, can, that cannot drive us away from this aspect that we have to serve one another and to serve others. And, you know, we think about this increase of this, I would say, this institutionalized benevolence. I'm just going to throw this money into the pot, and I could, I'm not really wanting to get hands-on with somebody. I'm not really wanting to get my hands dirty with actually dealing with somebody personally. I'm just going to put that money in that pot. That's the only thing I'm going to do with but I'm not actually ever going to get uh, personally involved with somebody. What, what does that attitude tell about us? If I'm, is true love, for example, when we talk about orphans, is true love, sending, true love for orphans just sending a check to an orphanage? Or is it when we can that we are willing to seek to open our homes to orphans? And so again, uh, we, have to, we have to be careful and in, in, in when we're talking about this concept of love, that do I truly love my brethren? Do I really, am I willing to do what is necessary? Am I willing, really willing to lay down my life for my brethren uh, to serve them through love? Also in John chapter 3, verse 16, we want to talk about God and his love towards us. His love towards us drove him to action. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That he loved the world so much that he was, even though they were sinful, even though Paul says in, in, in Romans that even when we were enemies, we were enemies of him, that, we were, that God was willing to send his Son, lay down his Son's life so that we could have the chance of eternal life. And again, in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 6, just kind of driving home that point that we see that expression of love that God and His Son has shown towards us, and we need to be willing to imitate those same or strive to emulate those same uh, characteristics. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 6 says, He who says he abides in him ought himself also walk just as he walked. And that has so many implications for us that even going beyond love of a being to, in every way, striving to be just like Him. Philippians 2 and verse 5 uh, through 7, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made Himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. So here we have Christ, who was equal with God, who is God, that He was willing to make himself of no reputation and taking the form of a bond servant. He is laying down, laying down his life for his brethren, but he, he was willing to humble himself to a point in which God, which him being God, was, was willing to come down to earth and take the form of a bond servant in order that we can have our sins forgiven. If, I, you know, if that's not love, I really don't know what that is. You know, what, what, could be, what else could be love if that's not what that is? And so again, uh, we ought to strive to have that same mindset which was in Christ Jesus, to be willing to be a servant to one another, to truly uh, love one another. And again, you know, trying to, trying to drive home this point that love for one another does drive us towards action, that we're going to act on that. And again, Genesis chapter 22, verse 10 through 12. 
uh, Abraham, that that love for God, uh, uh, you know, forcing him to do these, uh, to potentially almost sacrifice his son in order to, to be obedient to God. Verse 10 says, And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son, but the angel of the Lord called him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, Here I am. And he said, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And you think about Abraham's love for God was so vast that he was willing to do whatever Whatever God commanded him, even if he did not completely understood what was going on here, but he did, but he was willing to sacrifice his son uh, in order to be obedient to him. And we think about David, uh, David's love for uh, God's law, and that he actually would restrain himself from killing Saul. Saul, who was actively trying to kill David multiple times, when David did have the chance to chance to kill Saul, he would he would not do those things. And so again, uh, this love, it, uh, we express that through our brethren, but it also drives us towards faithfulness to God, and it also it restrains us from sin uh, towards God as well. And so go, moving on to love of the brethren, we touched on that. We're going to go a little bit deeper. In Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 1, it says, Let brother, brother, brotherly love continue. And so we think about Loving the brethren, the, 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 all y'all. Think about loving uh, the, the congregation of Christians. That if we don't love one another, if we're not having that same mindset that we are, that we uh, like each other, that we that we have the same goals, we have the same mindset, we want to be with each, with each other. How can we obtain unity? How can we how can we uh, get through any type of of, of disagreement? If we don't love one another, if we, if we just can't stand to be around each other, that's uh, in and of itself is a problem. But then again, we can't, we can't do anything else. We can't obtain unity. We can't get through any type of disagreements if we don't strive to love one another. And, 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 and we can see that throughout that, that chapter of, of Hebrews that we let that continue and continue to serve uh, one another and to serve those that are even outside of the church. 1 John chapter 4. Verses 7, 8, and 11. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. But beloved, as God so loved us, we also, lo- we also ought to love one another. And again, if, if we don't, John says this repeatedly in his book, if we do not love one another, if we do not, lo- if we do not love, period, in verse 8, what does that say about us? We do not know God. So again, the imperative of striving, of, of loving each other and serving one another. If we do not do that, we do not know God. And again, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another as well. And here's a, we, the song, the reference verse in the song was in verse John chapter 13, verse 34. This is verse 35 of that same chapter and says by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another and so this verse this is an interesting verse to me because you think about all the relationships in the world you think about all the the different the, the families in the world that they 
most of them or a good bit of them, they're going to love one another. We think about husbands and wives loving one another out in the world. We think about all of these expressions of love that we see that the world does. And so when, he, when, when Jesus says this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. There's going to be something different about your love. This is going to be a true love that even that Christ showed that even uh, that they were going to, even if somebody has done somebody wrong, that they're going to, it's not, it's not going to be this, we're not going to shun that person. It's not going to be over with. Now, do, we do have to follow those things laid out in the scriptures in order to deal with those situations, but it's going to be so different that, that people are going to understand that there's something there's something different about these people, that they are Christ's disciples, that they're loved by their love. And we see in the early Acts, there were people selling uh, their property for uh, to help those that are in need. And we see all those examples in, in the book, in the Bible, that we see about those expressions of love that the, that the Christians had towards one another. And I think that I'll just call this pause and see if, you know, if do we... Uh, is is there such a love for one another that we that people can see in us that somebody's different? They're, that's they're different than the world. There's something else uh, going on uh, with them. They're not just the same old same old person walking around in the world. And I think that should cause us pause uh, to consider those things. And so we're moving on to love of family. We can see that in Ephesians chapter five. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, and one of the most important aspects we see in Ephesians chapter 5, uh, Paul is talking about this idea of husbands loving their wives. And he says that husbands should live, love their wives as Christ loved the church. And we kind of see this, uh, we've seen several verses throughout this lesson of Christ uh, laying down his life for his brethren, that he was going to serve, that he was, he, he, that he was going to serve his brethren. And this is that same this is that uh, same uh, concept that the husband, if Christ was, was going to lay down his life for the church, then the husband ought to lay down his life for his wife, that he's going to be able, that he was willing to do, uh, willing to serve his wife in whatever manner. And so that's a big, that's a big standard uh, for husbands and potential husbands, that they, were, that they are to uh, love their wives in that manner. And... In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4 as well, going back to this, uh, we talk about husbands loving their wives. And we see in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4, it says, You fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonitions of the Lord. That, it, that we, don't, we don't necessarily specifically see fathers or parents love your children, but we see this idea of training them, that they are going to uh, train them up in the admonition of the Lord, continue and let them grow in the word of the Lord. And we even uh, think about this idea of correcting a child, that even that in and of itself is an expression of love. And I would say that training and admonition of the Lord is definitely an expression of love, that you are um, uh, letting them to grow in that word and letting them know of the way that they can be saved uh, from their sins and show them the right way to be lived. In Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 13, it says, Do not withhold correction from a child, for if you beat him with the rod, he will not die. That this actual correction, even though it is not very, it's not a good time at the, at when that is occurring, but we see that there, the benefits of that that it's actually better for a child to receive uh, that correction. And again, uh, we see in Hebrews uh, chapter, oh, I 
put I put verse seven twice, but Hebrews chapter chapter uh, uh, six and verse seven. I don't know how that happened, but it says, "For whom the Lord loves, He chastens and scourges every son whom He receives." If you endure chastening, God deals with you as sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? And we even see so we see this concept from a God being our heavenly Father that the ones that He loves. That's the ones that he's going to chasten. He, that's the one that he's going to discourage. And this chastening is actually uh, for us to for us to be corrected. And so again, we think about this concept in a earthly sense that this idea of correction is actually an expression expression of love itself. And we uh, and I think there's an application to be made about church discipline that if we are to even if we are to as Paul put deliver one to Satan that even then that is a expression of love for because of the, the result so that his soul may be saved and so I think there's many applications here that, that even though those things are not uh, that are not pleasant they in themselves are also expressions of love and also so we talked about loving brethren loving one another we talked about loving family and one of the I think the most probably the most counter culture aspect of, of a Christian's love is this idea of loving your enemies because the world teaches that if he's your enemy you you do whatever you can to you 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 make his life as miserable as you can if 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 he if he has done you wrong but this is not uh, what Christ commanded in Matthew chapter 5 verse 44 it says but I say to you love your enemies bless those who curse you do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Okay? So the world says, hate your enemies. You know, do whatever you can to make their life miserable. Christ says, love your enemies. Uh, the world would say, those that curse you, well, you just curse them back. Well, well Christ says, you should, you should bless those. And those that hate you, well, you definitely shouldn't, you should, you, you know, you should shun them. You should stay away from them. You should have nothing to do with them. Christ says you do good to those who hate you. And, and, and of course, uh, those that spitefully use you and persecute you, well, you, you know, you want them, you want them punished. You want them beat down. But he says you, just you pray for them. And you see that this is not, that we are not those that are, are, are enemies of those that spitefully use you and persecute you, we see that we're not supposed to uh, look for, we're not supposed to avenge ourselves in that matter, that we're going to continue to to do good to them and to continually pray for them. And that's kind of hard to do. But uh, this is, you know, this is, and, and, and many of us, you know, you know, I'm sure there's many of us that don't, that there are times when we don't do these things. And so it is hard to, acquire to do these things but it's something that we must uh, grow in and also Romans 12 18 and through 21 it says that if it is possible as much as depends on you live peaceably with all men beloved do not avenge yourselves but rather give place to wrath for it is written vengeance is mine I will repay says the Lord therefore if your enemy is hungry feed him if he is thirsty give him a drink for in so doing you will heap coals of fire on his head do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And so, here I think we can kind of get the, the idea or, or vengeance. It is not my it is not my uh, place to avenge myself. That this this idea of vengeance is only given to God Himself. 
And so he says, if it's possible, uh, live peaceably with all men. And he says, if you're his enemy hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. And so Paul is saying that this idea of, of, of not acting as the world would say you should act towards your enemies, but actually doing good towards your enemies, actually, actually, it actually, it actually helps uh, to maybe uh, stymie these, uh, our enemies because it says they will heap coals of fire on his head. Now, it may not be that he's going to stop acting in, 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 in whatever he's doing towards you, but it's going, to, it's going to mess with his head a little bit. It's going to, it's going to you know, cause him to think before he continues going on uh, uh, with these actions towards you. And again, it helps us to uh, overcome that evil. Roman, in verse 21 says, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil uh, with good. That if we continually do good, that it's going to help us to overcome or uh, get beyond uh, that evil. And, uh, you know, again, I think we need to focus on verse 19, this idea of vengeance is mine. That I'm, you know, we need to understand that I'm the low man on the totem pole in this idea. That, and, 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 you know, if I'm in charge of meeting out justice, I'm probably going to mess that up. And, uh, again, uh, we have to understand that God is, is just and he's going to uh, repay according to uh, everyone's deeds. And so he's going to get these things right. That it's not that, that we ought to uh, let God uh, avenge ourselves and let him to uh, uh, mete out that vengeance. And so again, our conclusion, uh, talking about this idea of love, that these, this is probably a very foundational lesson, but it's probably, I mean, this is one of the most important, if not the most important, things that w- that we can look at because as Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 13 verse 1 through 3 and continue on that if I do not have love I can have all my knowledge I can do all these great things but those things mean absolutely zero if I have not love verse 1 says though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels but have not love I have become sounding brass or clanging cymbal and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. So Paul is saying, I can do all these things, but if I truly don't have that love, if I truly don't have that, 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 that affection towards other people, all of these things, doesn't matter what it is, it, it, it profits, Paul puts it, it profits me nothing. And we could continue reading on in verse, 1 Corinthians 13 about what love is and the characteristics of love. But I think we can understand that this is, this is very important. And we should grow in love towards one another, towards our brethren, towards our family, most importantly towards God, that we are to continually uh, grow in knowledge of Him and be willing and to strive to obey Him in all, in all His commandments. And so uh, that's the end of my lesson. I hope you all learned something from that. Uh, Again, uh, we understand, uh, we see God giving his own son so that we can have our sins forgiven, that God loved us so much that he was willing to do all those things. And so if you are here, you're not a Christian. If you you want to, you know, if you, I don't think we can sit here and say that well, what he did was not, you know, we cannot compare anything that we do, cannot compare it to what he showed, the love that he showed us uh, through him giving his son. 
And so uh, it's so that we could have our sins forgiven. We understand that we were even, even while we were enemies, he was willing to do that for us. So if you are a Christian or not a Christian here, if you want to become one, uh, we can help you in any way that uh, we can if you want to have uh, your sins forgiven. And also, uh, if, you're, if you're a Christian but you have are struggling with this, any type of sin, you need the prayers of the saints, uh, you need to confess something, uh, uh, please come forward now as we go into this time of invitation, as we stand and as we sing, uh, will you come?